Welcome back, welcome back to a whole nother episode of People Believe That. Eh? I am Old Mixhead. It's your boy, Chief. Today's episode, we have a special guest. It is a Senior Chief Petty Officer of the United States Navy, Christian Blanco. He will be joining us in a couple seconds. Before we get to that, he's well, first off, he's going to be talking to us about his time in the Navy and a couple of things that's going on socially, and we're going to get his viewpoints on that, and uh, I think it's going to be pretty good. Before we get to that, though, I want to put out our contact information for anybody who wants to write to us, let us know how we're doing, if we're doing doing good for doing bad you can let us know if you want to email us you can email us at willboyspodcast at gmail.com if you want to follow us on social media we have twitter youtube instagram and facebook all under the name the will boys mm. so let's go ahead and get bring our guest on here again like i said he is a c and this was actually i'm gonna point this out right now yeah get personal with <laughs> he he demanded that i use his full his full name, military <laughs> credentials. Yes. Otherwise, he wasn't going to do this. I think it's still under the Geneva Convention that you have to follow his his direct orders. It, it's not, but I'll do it All right. out of respect. So, this is Senior Chief Petty Officer of the United States Navy, Air Warfare, Sea Warfare, Christian Blanco. Oh, rah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, gentlemen. What's going on, uh, senior? Also, I would like to then make a declaration that this has nothing to do with the Navy. <laughs> Anything <laughs> that I say is strictly my point of view, completely, um, and there is absolutely no need to call me that. <laughs> <laughs> At all. Yeah, uh, yeah. Respect, I just want, I want everybody to understand that this is not, he's not a <laughs> spokesperson for the Navy. Even when I was still Correct. active duty and we would talk on the side, I didn't take it as a Navy standpoint when we would have our conversations. So yeah. this is not a representation of the U.S. military, U.S. Navy. It's just us talking to him and him talking to yeah. us. I think a lot of people yep, get that confused. A lot, a lot of people uh, get that confused, man. They think once you, you know, you get in that you no longer cease to have thoughts or you no longer cease to have opinion. And it's completely opposite. You just have a different perspective now. Well, one of the problems, Chief, um, something we're talking about, something that we teach and that we are taught over and over and over again is you're a 24-7 ambassador of your job, right, all the time. Right. Anything you do wrong that's going to show poorly on the Navy, anything you do right is going to be a representation of the Navy. Um, but like you said, if nothing else, you get stronger opinions because you're exposed to so much more culture and so much more personality types and everything else than you were before you joined. So you get such a stronger view of basically everything. Exactly. Um, and you have to be real careful of when and how you share those opinions. So, you know, all joking aside, this is just me, right? This is in no way, shape or form a Navy thing. This is just, you know, you and me and him talking and, um, yeah, it's, it's such a weird thing. You know, you think that people are part of the, the military machine or the government machine. And, no, and, you know, everybody just kind of follows along with the status quo. But um, that's not the case, man. Not at all. No, no. Um, that and like like both of you are actually saying um, people do get they get they think we get brainwashed and they think that we come in and right. we have we subscribe to this belief of the military and people want to call like all oh, the military is the key in, in white suppression and all that and white supremacy right. and all that there's, stuff there's I'm no like, there's no place in the military for right. a black man i've heard that so many times and yeah. I, it is such bs but uh yep. i never i actually grew mentally because of the navy and not saying like the navy has programs for you to you know learn how to socially interact but i mean you deal with people <laughs> I mean, it kind of does <laughs> oh, oh well i never did it <laughs> you know i mean in i'm not trying to interrupt you i'm sorry man go no ahead. you're good no go ahead oh, i was just gonna say it, it does because 
what do you think boot camp is, right? It's there to train you on how to do stuff, but it's also really there to train you on how to just interact with a bunch of people you've never interacted before. Right, right, right. Yeah, so, they definitely so have. So while they don't necessarily have like a program to teach you social interaction, I mean, the whole job is a program to teach you social interaction. Exactly. Everything that is done is done for a reason. Exactly. Like they're, they're, the boot, boot camp in, in itself is the unofficial military training on how to interact. <laughs> Excuse me. Interact yep. with other cultures, other because we're not just talking about somebody from Texas, somebody from Maine, somebody from New York, somebody. We're talking about people from Africa, people from Russia, people from uh, Europe. You know, we're talking about people from all over the world joining into the uh, U.S. military, and that gives you the ultimate opportunity to learn something. Right. Yeah, and, and what well, I saw a lot of in uh, basic training because when, when I went to, how old were you when you went through a boot camp? How long have you been in? Uh, I've been in for about 18 years. Um, so I joined very early in my senior year of high school. And I was in what's called delayed entry program. So I was actually in depth delayed entry program for about 11 months. So I was 18 when I actually shipped off for boot camp. Oh, you was fresh. Uh, I left fre- right out of fre- high school. Right out of yeah, school, fresh huh? Meat. <laughs> oh, right. yeah. So, well, as you, as you got older and as you went through um, and you look back at the people that were coming in at the different ages that they were coming in at, uh, did you notice a difference from the people who came in right out of high school and people who came in at a little bit of an older age? Because I came okay. in, I was like 25. I had eight kids. I had gunshot wounds already. Like <laughs> I, 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 I was, I was in the army. So I, I came in at an yeah. older age and, uh, it was easy to kind of go through boot camp at an older age, in my opinion, because you already kind of know what life's about. You already kind of get what's going on. And, uh, right. you know, the, 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 the shell shock of, basic training isn't so bad and uh basic training is just there to tear you down of all of your civilian you know habits basically and then mm-hmm. learn how to walk and talk in that branch correctly you know uh how did that affect you as far as do you feel like your whole life has been uh you know basically based off of what the navy and the military goes off of or were you able to still uh, hold on to your own beliefs your own thoughts your own opinions stuff like that and that's um a very like insightful question <laughs> i'm gonna do some soul searching um, <laughs> you take a minute we can edit out so, the air <laughs> no 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 so for me um i got to boot camp right i i kind of always wanted to join the service in some fashion um, cause I wanted to be, I wanted to feel like I was a part of something bigger. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I didn't really feel like I ever felt that before, you know? So for me, I wanted to join. That's why I joined early. I, you know, like I said, went through that delayed program, went through all that stuff. And then when I finally shipped off, I got there and, you know, it was one of those things where I was like, Oh, like this is it. Okay. And you can, you know, you can kind of see through people and you know that this is just their job and they're, you know, they're just yelling at you for the sake of yelling at you because that's what they got to do. Cause like right. you said, they got to tear down who you used to be right. and try and build up a soldier or a sailor or a Marine or whatever. Right. Um, so for me though, I mean, just, you know, my own personal experience, I'm probably one of the odd cases out because as soon as I got there, I just went, Oh, okay. I get it. And I just, you just kind of go through the motions a little bit, right? Right. And you understand what it is. So for me, it was just more of a like, okay, this is the dance we got to do. So now we're going to do it. And 
I'm not real big on, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid and like just buying into the program and stuff like that. So I've never really let go of my own personal thoughts and opinions. Right. I think that's such a difficult thing to say because, you know, we are constantly letting go of what our personal thoughts and opinions are on a daily basis and building new ones, right? Every single time you do something, you're changing whatever opinion you have on your previous topic. So I feel like I've always kind of stayed true to what I had thought. Um, I've just now changed what I've thought. I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions the the younger crowd has in the military. They think that we're all, you know, like we're, we we all think the same and we, we, we're in this high position of authority now. And, and when they come in with their own thoughts and their own opinions, and we kind of like, look, it doesn't matter what you think. This is what we need to do. But yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. They think that we're, you know, oh, he's just, he sold into this Navy thing or this army thing or this military thing. Like, no, it's like, you don't understand what's going on right now. You can have right. your own thoughts and opinions and stuff, but when it comes to work, like Put all that stuff to the side, and if you want, we can talk about it later. Right, and it's, yes. and, it's, and it's not even that. And they think that we have a high authority, but we really don't. Like, yeah, military, yeah. like that's you know, yeah, you know, even like in, in, the, in the Bible it says, "To be first, you have to be last." So, and that's basically what we're doing. Like, we're putting all of our rights to the, to the side and becoming, yep. uh, you know, a, a, a gear in this in this machine. A you pawn know, on the chess piece. I mean, yeah. And then you eventually, if you're lucky, mm-hmm. you can work your way up, or if you do the right things, you work your way up or whatnot. Right. But have you have you been in any um, war uh, conflicts, uh, conflicts, anything like that? Um, I deployed my first real deployment was a short notice. You know, we weren't supposed to go. They gave us a week and a half and said, Hey, get all your stuff in order. Cause we're leaving kind of a thing. Right. Um, so I was in the Gulf in the Persian Gulf in 2000, basically all of 2003. It was an 11 month deployment. Wow. Um, uh, and <laughs> yeah, months. man, don't even, God, uh, that's, was that on that carrier you on? No, no, no. This was on the supply ship that I was on. Okay. First ship. Okay. Um, so we were in like a conflict type zone, but I, w- I have never been in like someone shooting at me type conflict. Got it. No. Well, no. no, wait a minute. What about, what about all the tizzies and all the, uh, the drilling that we did? I mean, oh, right. yeah. you know, we, we've been, pretend, we've been pretend shot at for years. <laughs> we've, been, true, we've been, we've been make believe attacked for forever. So many waves. It's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> now what he, what he's, what he's referring to, uh, is well, we have these drill sets that we have to take part of in order to either qualify or just keep our, our readiness posture up and right, right. training training basically right? right so instead of you know like we don't we don't do what you know ground forces do like you know they go like when you said you're training to get ready to go to iraq right uh, they took you to some training facility where Which it time? Was, <laughs> they took you to this training facility and you guys actually went through the uh you said hollywood made it or something or there was one and yeah one of the training times was in uh california in fort Irwin. they had a uh mock iraq village that was probably about the size of uh, one of the, an actual small village in Iraq Jeez. filled with people that actually live there. Right. And oh, wow. along certain streets, there were pyrotechnics. There were um, soldiers, ex-soldiers, veterans that they would bring in to, that were amputees and they would have, you know, blown off limbs, blown off, like you know, limbs and blood. And it was real Hollywood effects that they were using on oh, us, man. If so, only, if only, well, we kind of, we kind of do senior. Remember the, the well, we didn't yeah. have it. We weren't able to go yeah. through it. We had that. We had to like, we had the old school training, but in boot camp we have this, uh, this event called, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, 
Battle Station. Battle Station, sorry. Man, I've, I've only been on for a couple Come like, on, man. like half a year. Yeah. <laughs> I'm He's already, losing it. I'm He's losing, losing it, it yeah, man. But, but in all fairness, in your defense in this case, I mean, you gave up like two years ago. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah he, he checked out way before he actually walked out. So. Exactly. We that call is that a uh, road. I don't know if you ever heard that term, retired on active duty. Yeah, was, right. Yeah. Yeah, he's a poster child for that. And let's let's actually <laughs> let, let's talk about that. When when you first off first off let, let's let's give a little uh, history with me and myself and Cena Chief. Cena Chief checked on. I think it was a few months after I got there. Yeah, it was September two thousand. Uh, 14. 14? Yeah, 14. Yeah. And uh, I had checked on, I think, September or maybe a little earlier. And uh, when he, when you, when Senior first got there, um, it was, it was, you know, whenever you get a new higher up, you know, a new chief or a new E7 or the person that's in charge of you, there's always this, what's he going to be like? What's, you know, what's right. his mentality? Right. Like, oh, God, this guy. It's like meeting right. a new dad. <laughs> okay like a stepdad <laughs> we can we can say that <laughs> all right sure yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when 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 he shows up uh the first day i was i was i, I don't want to say i was nervous but i was definitely still waiting just right i was still waiting you know because you don't know anybody until yeah. you see them angry that's that's what i feel because anybody right. could be nice you know right, what i mean right, right, right. Yeah. it's not until see how long it lasts exactly it's not until you see them angry that you can get that full scope of who this person and how they is. operate right that's true yeah so the first you know he, he <laughs> i remember the first quarters we had where you made everybody stand at attention to recite the sailor's creed and we didn't normally do that you know and that that's kind of a thing like never never yeah. you know we, we never really did that so and we we had it was fire controlman and the gun the gunners mates at that time and the gunners mates were you know they're not they're not here to defend themselves so i'll just keep it like that in here right go ahead they had a uh a sense of less disciplined than I desired from my sailors. Let's put it that <laughs> there, there you go. There you go. Right. And, and, and you know what? I actually, I feel the same way. Me saying that means something. <laughs> you yeah, know, like yeah. I didn't yeah. have a lot of expectations for them. Just do your job and don't complain it that much. Right. And they yeah. couldn't really do but that. In, yeah. In all fairness for the, the gunner's mates, the GMs, the whole division was kind of like that. Right. Right. We had just gotten out of the ship. Had just gotten out of an availability period. Oh, Everybody horrible. was still kind of, you know, fluxing around and trying to find their way. So it's not like the gunners' mates were bad, right? Everybody just wasn't good. <laughs> it's really what it boiled down to. Everybody evenly just was not that great. It, it was nobody's yeah, exactly. individual fault. It was it was a team. Right. It was a collection of just it was a team mediocrity. Effort, right? Right. Right. Yeah. So when 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 I first met them and and we you know we talked a little bit and everything and i i and i told you this uh and i don't know if you remember this but i told you this towards the the end of my time in the navy right a little before i left say so when i first met you i didn't really like you that much uh i don't yeah. it was it was like that lot, man. yeah <laughs> yeah but it, it wasn't it wasn't i didn't like you because you made me do things it, it was more like i didn't i didn't you know i didn't know who you were but it, and it seemed like you were more you know, hoorah, gung ho, navy all the way yeah. type. You know, uh, what, what's it called? Something sailor. Uh, God, I'm forgetting. Like, so what do you have? Like, you had a AJ, AJ squared away. No, you yeah. you, you oh, seem God, like an AJ squared away type person. And uh, and it's not that that's a bad thing. It's just too much of it is just too much for me. Yes. Yeah. But now, I completely agree. Right now, over time, 
Um, it wasn't until I, st- I had uh, family issues and personal things going on in my life where I, I feel like Senior, the, the one that's our guest today, that's when he really showed me that he is 100% dedicated to his people. Because not one time in the, in the events that were going on in my life did he ever make me feel like I had to put it put that in the back seat and put the Navy first. That's dope. Yeah, like not one time that ever like I would I would come up to him and be like, you know, we got all this stuff going on, like senior or I, you were chief at the time. I said, Chief, this is what's going on. Um, I, I'm, I, I really need to take care of it. He said, why are you even here? You know, like that's right. how he respond. It's like, yeah, man, go home. what yeah, are you waiting like, for? Leave. We got, we got people that can handle this, you know, there's right. no need for you to be here. Exactly. Like, and when, when, when not he, that you're not important, it just, you yeah. know, we got it covered. Yeah. You know, and, and, and things like that. I don't, I think that's taken, that's not, uh, passed around in, in high quantity as, yeah. as I believe it should be. Yeah. I, I definitely, um, I had a, I had a fair share of horrible chiefs, but I had some really good chiefs. I had some really good uh, sergeants and, and NCOs that were above me that would do stuff like that. Right. And, and when you get those guys, you really learn to appreciate them, especially the longer you're in. Yeah. Because you you know that there are bad Right. Ones, and they understand you know. that life happens. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, I remember. Well, that's the thing, man. Like, you know, all, all sailors, all soldiers, all airmen, all Marines. You know, we're all people. Like, no matter how much people want to think we're just pegs on a board, right? They can shuffle around and do whatever. Even if, and it wasn't, but even if it was strictly just Navy driven, right? Right. Well, I know that Will can't do his job if he's distracted elsewhere. Right. So forcing someone to stay in their job is terrible when they got to take care of stuff. So exactly. even if it was only Navy driven, which again, it wasn't. I, mean, I wanted to make sure he had his family take care of. Um, you know, you can't just force people to just sit there and be like, okay, well now I need you to focus on this, but you know, their child has a health problem or they're going through a marital problem or, you know, any number of things, right? Like you gotta, you gotta take care of that stuff. You have to, I mean, just for your own mental health, like why, why wouldn't you provide that opportunity for just anybody, let alone someone who works for you? Yeah. I had a staff sergeant named uh, Sergeant Brooks. He was, uh, one of the first influential dudes that uh, I met for different reasons. I'm not gonna put his. He he. Well, he shot himself in the foot on accident with a <laughs> with a dummy round. Like, like literally shot himself in the foot. Yeah, literally. He was. Like, he, yeah. See, he used to be like when I when I first got to Iraq, um, my first deployment. He had, they had already been there for a while, but from what I understood, he used to be kind of an a hole when it came to dealing with soldiers, right? But he was playing with a, uh, they were out guarding a gate um, in Iraq somewhere. And he was playing with the uh, shotgun that they use for le- less than lethal. And he actually shot himself in the foot with a beanbag and like, <laughs> <laughs> and bananaed out his boot like a cartoon, right? Oh. But after that, he got super humble. So when I met him, he was like a super nice dude. Like, he was, he was like really right. nice, right? But, um, but he he was a really cool dude, man. And and one of the things he he would do with, with me was pull me to the side and and talk to me about you know make sure mental health was good and make sure I took care of the family mm-hmm. back home because when I first got to Iraq, I didn't call home at all ever. Like I oh, did man. not plan on calling home. Like I didn't see the point in it. I didn't want to get distracted because I could see all my buddies, right. all my buddies who had problems, 
at home and didn't have anywhere to take care of him because we were in a whole different country. Right. But you know, yeah, Sergeant Brooks pulled me. Yeah, man, Sergeant Brooks told me, pulled me to the side. I was like, "Hey, man, you got to call home. It ain't for you. It's for them, so they can have a peace of mind, so that they can." function well you know because if they think bad things about you they're gonna you know it's gonna have a trickle effect so uh you know i appreciate chiefs like you and um seniors like you who who actually take the time because like i i do know for a fact that the the the, the grind can really wear and tear the grind of the military can wear and tear on you as a person and and fill you with yeah. a bunch of uh whatever it takes whatever happens it just yeah. numbers you know right yeah yes see, and it's it does, man. That's for sure. Yeah, senior, yeah, senior always. Senior always had a a pulse on on our division. He always knew that uh, when to speak to somebody, how to speak to somebody. He knew when people were just being little sissies, you know, just crying and whining. But he also knew he also knew when you know stuff was getting real and we had to sit down and talk with somebody. You know, and uh, yeah. right. that's one thing. I'll one thing I hope that our junior people took took away from because uh you know it's i think a lot i think there there are some people not a lot but i'll say there are some people who let that promotion get to them and and some people get promoted so fast that they don't have that experience to understand how important it is to keep your people mentally healthy uh morale at a sufficient level if not high (laughs) you know because you can't you can't make everybody happy you know what i mean right so not even close not even, you know, not, not even, not even a competition, but, um, you have to keep a pulse on your people and you have to know what, how, how far is too far. And I think that's something I struggle with. I didn't, I never really knew if what I was saying was too far or if I, I just feel like if somebody's not performing at a certain level, right. I need to light a fire under them to get them going. But mm-hmm. I never knew if yeah. I was maybe overstepping my bounds a little bit. Right. Um, senior, do you remember, I'm not going to say his name, but there was an individual, he was a gunner's mate that I had a, uh, kind of a verbal altercation with and not, I don't even think it was a verbal altercation. I was telling him to yeah. do something and he was, you know, yeah. yelling and screaming and things like that. And, yeah. uh, you, you, you remember what I'm talking about? Yes. Now from your perspective and what you remember, do you think I handled that well? <laughs> Oh man, I feel like we're we're getting it. <laughs> we're getting into UCMJ um, uh, talk. Let right me now. let me uh, let me just say this way: there's a time and a place for putting people in their place, right? Sometimes you just have to say, "Shut the f up." This is what's happening. We'll talk about this later when everybody's kind of calmed down, right? Right. So I'm sure you heard me say it over and over again. You got to pick and choose your battles. Right. Sometimes, hey man, there's time, and you can just get into it. And in the end. Um, you know, I hate to say it, but like the person with the higher authority is probably going to win just because every that's time. what's happening. Right. But so long, well, not every time, yeah, honestly, no. there, are, there are a lot of times where like me personally, I'll change my opinion by talking with someone. Now, if you come at me like aggressively, I'm probably not just cause I'm a human being. So I'm going to dig my feet in and I'm going to get upset. Um, you know, sometimes you just got to tell people, Hey, deal with it. Like it is what it is. So, you know, we're talking about everyone having their own opinions and everyone having their own belief system and all that. And it is true, but you know, you also are part of the Navy or the army or whatever. Right. And you do have to abide by all those rules. So there's something that I say. Um, in fact, I don't think I really ever said it at work. I say it a lot when I'm talking to people because they irritate me uh, <laughs> in that when you choose to be a part of a society, 
we're talking macro societies, micro societies, right? So if you join like the scrapbooking club at your right. local hobby store, okay, that's a society, right? If you, you know, are a member of the United States of America, that's a society. So when you are a part of any type of society, you automatically agree to adhere to all of the rules of that society, right? Because you're becoming a part of it. Right. So if you're going to gain the benefits of that society, you have to adhere to the rules of the society, even if you don't agree with it. Yep. Now, the problem That's is true. the larger the society, the less scope you have in changing any of those rules, right? Again, if you're going to be part of your local club, you can probably change a couple of those rules. You can talk to people. If you're right. part of the United States, you're not going to be able to change anything, right? Or, or little. Okay, I don't want to say your vote has no voice, but right. you know what I'm saying. I got you. Um, so, you know, when people join the Navy, you are allowed to have your own opinions. You're allowed to talk about whatever you want to talk about within reasons, you know, so long as you're you know, following the guidelines of this society. So times like that, when you just need to say, hey, look, man, shut it. This is what's going on. That, that person has to abide by that, right. not because they're a terrible person or because they're not allowed to have their own thoughts, but because they chose to join this type of society. And I don't, I don't think a lot of people understand that. I think they show up and, and they've never been challenged before. They've never been, uh, you know, uh, they never had it. They never been confronted about what they're doing or what they're saying. And they finally get that blow to the face. Like, actually, no, you can't do that. And be, you can't right. do it because I said so. <laughs> you right. know, you give them the dad, right. give them that dad speech. Like, no, you can't yeah. stay out. As, you know, you can't do this thing. You know what my reminder of that is? When I was in the military, like the days I wanted to call in, there is no calling in. You're showing no. up, or we're showing up. Right. <laughs> like, right. Either you come and if here. You're sick, you got to go to medical right. and get checked out, right. and right. then get told, "Yes, you can go back to bed." Exactly. By that time, it's already one o'clock in the afternoon, exactly. and your whole day's done. But you know, but yeah, you there, know, there's no just calling in. But you know what? This I want to I want to jump right into and get your <laughs> opinion on something, uh, if you would. Yeah, let's do it. This this kind of goes hand in hand with what's going on with the with this NFL no kneeling mm -hmm. situation. Like a lot of people are saying that's against people's uh, first amendment. Right. But like you said, when you join into something and they have laws, rules or regulations, you have to adhere to them and you kind of give away your personal freedoms for the, for the, for the benefits yeah. of that society. Right. So how do you right. feel about the, the whole Colin Kaepernick and now the NFL is making it mandatory? If not, they get fine. How do you feel about that whole situation? I feel like we're talking about two slightly different topics that are related together. So I'm going to try and break it up real quick just right. to make sure that we're clear on a lot of things. Okay. Um, the first part of this, when you said like, how do I feel about it? I 1000% support anybody kneeling during the national anthem. If they feel strongly enough to do so, I don't think that people should do it just for the sake of doing it. Right. Just because it's like a, an attention grabber or anything, but if like Colin Kaepernick, feel strongly about this, right? As he should. It's a, a serious, serious topic. He feels so strongly about it that he wants to make a change, right? He's doing this to spread awareness and to make a change in things. So on your first kind of question there, I support it. I think it's fantastic. Um, I don't find it disrespectful to the flag or to the anthem or anything like that. Um, and honestly, even if he was doing it to disrespect the flag or the country. You know, again, my own personal opinion, um, I can't say I blame the guy. So I don't, I don't see what he is doing wrong. Right. Now, on the flip side of that, 
I also don't see what the NFL is doing is wrong. And that's because they are a corporation. They are there strictly to make money. They don't care about anything, right? right? NFL, like, you know, Chase National Bank or like anything else, man, they don't care about their customers, right? Right. If Chase cared about the customers, they wouldn't charge us $3.50 to use an ATM. For real. You know? So they are there to make money. And they know that this is causing a rift in a lot of viewers. And a lot of viewers are upset because people are kneeling, people aren't respecting the flag as though they think it should be respected. Um, so the NFL is just trying to put a squash to it and say, look, you can do it, but if you do it, we're going to find you. Or you can stay inside the locker room. That's the other thing people aren't really talking about. You can stay inside the locker room for the anthem. Right. No one is forced to go outside for it. Right. Um, but if you are outside, then you got to kind of show that um, perceived level of respect, which is something now a whole new topic that uh, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I feel like forced patriotism is not patriotism, right? That's not a real thing. I feel the same yeah, way. Forced, yeah, forced patriotism is you know, a dictatorship. Yeah, right? It's like to... if I told you, I handed you a piece of paper and I said, read this. And you said, what is it? I said, that's the Lord's Prayer. You're going to read it. And you read it. Well, are you really praying? No. You're just reciting just reciting, the Lord's Prayer. Right, like you're right. reciting the words. It's the same thing. Right. Absolutely. Religion, I, have, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, that's like what they're doing in uh, North Korea when they're making everybody, you know, pray to Kim, yeah. Kim Jong-un and give him praise or else, or else, you know, it's kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, and there isn't, there, there is some kind of a law or amendment or something somewhere I saw that said it's illegal for, you know, presidents or people in, in those types of positions to uh, influence publicly the actions of public, uh, private corporations. And right. being that he, uh, Donald Trump, or President Donald Trump, had uh, spoke out against the, uh, allowing people to kneel during the anthem. And now they've, because of it, they've changed it. You know, they basically yeah. got tried in public court and, yep. you know, they're being, they're responding off of that, man. Like, how does, how does that, you know, sit with you being that you're still in the active military and, you know, uh, if they call, if Donald Trump or anybody, you know, from above says orders to do things based off of a public forum that was based, you have to go about it. Like, how does that affect you? Well, man, um, it's one of those things that, this is my job, yeah. right? And it kind of goes back a couple topics. And I agreed to do the things that were directed to me to do, whether I agree with the actions or not, right? Um, you know, do I want to go to work five days a week and do No, man, I want to, like you said, I want to just kind of relax, right? I want to call in every once in a while right. and do stuff. But it's part of my job to do it. Right. Do I want to, like next week, I have to go travel to go do an assessment somewhere, do I want to do that or do I want to stay home and hang out with my fiance? Like, no, of course I'd rather stay home and, you know, see her every night. Hey, congratulations on that, by the way. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, Back in October. Awesome. Um, yeah, I didn't really publicize it much. You know, look, you did now my business. You know what I mean? (laughs) You did now. I did now. That's right. Yep. And for all six people listening. (laughs) Um, Whoa, wait a minute. What are you you trying (laughs) (laughs) to, I'm just messing. Um, so, you know, it's one of the things that earlier, uh, Chief, I think you had said it, that it's not up to us 
in the military to dictate policy, right? right? It's just for us to kind of perform that policy. So where the policy comes from, you know, part of me is very upset about it because I don't feel like personal feelings should ever dictate what, you know, hundreds of thousands of people do. But also, it's not really my place in that role. Right. Right. No, that's that's pretty that's pretty uh, straightforward and, and respectful on both accounts. It's it's uh, I mean, I felt I kind of felt the same way. Just day to day stuff. You know, we get that plan of the day and we yeah. tell our people, like, you got to do this. This is what's going to happen at this time. And we got to make sure this is all situated. I don't you know, it's, it's there's so much stuff that I don't feel is necessary, but it doesn't matter how I feel about it. You know, this is right. what we're what we're going to do. You know, like remember, yeah. like for example, when we had to paint that that red mark on the Sea Wiz Mount, mm. yeah. that was absolutely ridiculous. Like there was nothing <laughs> anywhere written saying that that is a mandatory must-have thing. But yep. because everybody else was doing it, now it's a trend, and now we have to look like everybody else. And I'm like, that uh, is so stupid. I can't stupid. tell you how much of a point of contention that was for me, <laughs> and how much I just hated that. Oh, that's one of those things that I will probably never let go. Yeah, it, it was. It was. So what happened? Well, I'll explain yeah, to, I'm trying to, to figure to out what y'all talking about. So we have this. We have this uh, gun mount. Uh, it's a. It's a huge. It's its own weapon system. Right. It's called C. It's closing weapon system. Um, I'll show you, I'll show you what it looks like afterwards, but basically there's a safety line that they don't want people to cross right now. This mount, it moves by itself. Yeah. It, it, moves, it, it moves automatically, right. you know, remote control and everything. Um, so the, the thing is, it's not on the ground level. It's up like six, seven, eight feet from the deck. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you, if you, the only way you get up there is if you, you literally have to climb up there to be in that area, right? The danger circle, if you know, that's what we're right. called. You have to have a reason to be there. Right. You know, so we have, well, even if you don't have a reason, you have to try to be there. Right. You can't accidentally right, 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 stumble right. upon it. Right. right? You're right. not going to turn the corner and be like, oh man, now I'm in the Suez Mountain. Right. 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 Now right. we have people already in positions to prevent that very thing from happening. Now, the problem is they wanted us to draw this safety line on these, uh, vert these, uh, hor the vertical, uh, bulkhead basically, and there, there's nothing written anywhere that we have to do that. Right. You don't have to. It was written that you don't have to do that. Right. You know, but right. because other ships right. felt like doing it. Right. Then another ship wanted to do it. Then another ship. And now it's like a, 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 un, a, a unlegitimate yeah. mandatory thing. Right. I got you. And we had we 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 put we had to put time in our we had to take our people away yeah. from doing their job in order to do this thing. Oh, we did all types of stuff like that. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm sure you know every branch yeah. has to do things like that. Yeah. But I mean, that stuff like that is is like it's so unnecessary. Right. But because it's popular, right. like now it's you know, that's forced. exactly what you were just talking about with the president making policy decisions, and the NFL making policy decisions on social situations. Right. It's just that, just on a micro scale, right? In that. Certain people made a policy decision that affected us and our people based on what they thought was the social desire and the social norm. I mean, and, you know, even if it doesn't go against or it doesn't go along with any type of laws or things that are current, well, like, you know, everybody remembers Aladdin, right? Says, well, you have to marry a prince. Yeah, but you're the king, man. Change the rules. <laughs> yeah, right. right? It's the right. same thing. Right? right? If you're the CEO or if you're the so whoever, there's no such thing as a policy that you can't change. Right. The only thing that's stopping you from changing it is your desire to like cause a wave, right? And to kind of change things up. Right, right. 
Absolutely, man. Now, how much, uh, talking about COs and uh, higher ups, you know, like the old four and above level, where where did you, uh, when you made chief and, and, you, and, you know, any enlisted person knows that making a chief is a huge deal. You know, it's not just you got promoted. It's a huge, it's a whole nother level of being enlisted. Now, yeah. where did you draw the line to when you were going to push back? If there even is a line, I mean, I know, I know, I know, O one's never gotten your way. (laughs) Now there's no such thing as a line with a, with a little kid. Um, (laughs) You know, so the, the thing is there's no God, man, right. I'm probably, or I shouldn't, I have never been provided the opportunity. Let me put it that way, where I felt strongly enough about something that I would have pushed back against an admiral. Right. Right. I never, I never was in that situation. Now there were times that there were certain policies in place on deployments that were pushed down from the flag level that I did not agree with. Um, but for the most part, they didn't affect my life or the sailors lives enough to try and push back against them. Like we just said a couple minutes ago, look, the, the admiral's going to win, right? If we're talking about the admiral of a strike group, versus FCC sitting watch on one ship. Like, right. I am not going to win that conversation. Right. So unless there was some type of real valid point, I'm not going to bring it up. Like, sometimes it sucks, and that's just what happens. Um, on the command level, man, there's pushback all the time. Um, you know, stuff you guys never, ever saw because exactly. you didn't have to deal with it. I was going to bring that up, too. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so there are things that are constantly brought up and constantly talked about whether it's something that's just safety or it's just, you know, maybe it's just a bad idea. Um, but it goes back to like you were talking about before, Will, when you're saying, you know, sometimes you got to talk to your sailors and sometimes you just got to let them a little bit. Sometimes you got to let them figure it out on their own. Well, it's the same thing with captains. It's the same thing with whoever, right? Sometimes it's totally worth it to talk to the captain during a brief and say, sir, actually, I think we should do this, 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 and this. And sometimes it's worth it to go, Oh, you know what? Let's see what happens. Right. And just kind of play it out. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, that, that line you're talking about, it's ever changing, man. There's no such thing as like a line in the sand, right? Unless it comes down to just safety or, you know, horrible stuff, but like, you know, I'm going to put this out there because I think everybody at the command has really changed over anybody in the higher up section, something simple, right? So we had, uh, a mural, drawn inside our shop, right? Inside yeah. the walls of the shop. Right. No one could get in there except for us. And one of our sailors put forth a lot of work designing and drawing and painting this thing out to make it look just awesome. You're talking about coming in. on our ship, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I know you're talking about. Um, you know, so then someone came in and said, oh, that was unprofessional. Get rid of it. And we were told that we needed to paint over it to just make it plain white, right? Well, I was not having any of that. <laughs> I really liked it. I thought it looked good. Yeah. I know that my sailor put forth a lot of work into it, and she was really proud. It's a sense of pride. And there's no reason that it shouldn't have been kept up. Yeah, so, right. you know, we hit it. We just put something over the top of it. Yep, yeah, I remember that. Um, so, you know, it's one of the things where sometimes you yeah. know you gotta pick your battles. if you bring it up, yeah. you're going to lose the fight. But sometimes it's worth it to just kind of do it, you know? Um, 
And I don't know, you just got to pick and choose, man. Yeah, one of the things that I learned uh, coming up, and I, I kind of got gypped out of getting ranking up. I, I got injured on my first deployment. They didn't catch it until uh, a year later, right before my second deployment. They're like, oh, your ankle's broken, by the way. Um <laughs> But don't worry about it. We'll take care of it when you get back from your deployment. And I was like, all right, cool. But um, one of the things I learned, you know, riding the wave of E4 and, you know, trying to get to that E5 and just riding that wave the whole time is that sometimes when these orders come down from above and they're kind of like stupid and, you know, <laughs> like whatever they're trying to do is not going to work. If you, and they tell you to do it, the good part about it is if it comes back and it doesn't work, it's not your fault. <laughs> that's true As I, and I try to tell them I try to tell them that we need more screws than that <laughs> <laughs> we needed two yeah. extra people um, and you didn't give us two extra people right. it's your fault yeah yeah um, you know and it really is man and that's where leaders need to and this is for anything right you know we're talking military talk here but um, you know this is if you're running a, a small business or if you're an Uber driver right it's all the same yeah um, if you are trying to get a goal accomplished and you are so close-minded that you won't listen to anybody's suggestions on how to maybe do that better, then you're going to fail. Even if the goal succeeds, you failed, right? You have to constantly adapt and change everything that you're thinking, the way that you plan and how you do just your normal daily actions to make it either the most efficient or the most productive or you know, just make it so you don't completely screw it up. Um, so anybody who won't listen to other people, you know, they're just closed minded and simple. Man. Yeah, that's that. That's I, I 100% agree with that. And, and I had that conversation with our guys, uh, our people on the on, in, our, in the division. Uh, you know, I told them, like, listen, I, I don't you know, when I especially when I first got there, you know, I'm, I'm involved with five inch gun and, and small arms and things like yeah. that. Now, I've you know, I've shot before and I've cleaned a gun from time to time, but I didn't know how in depth the armory is. You know what I mean? Right. And especially now we have the five inch. So I knew the computer side of it because that was my you know official job title. But I didn't know how the gun actually worked. Is that what you did? Well, I mean, that's what I was billeted for. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, wait, me too. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I was sent there to do, but it really took care of itself. You know, we, we never, yeah. we never interfered with what it was got going on, no. but no. So I didn't know how the gun no, operated. Right. So I, uh, you know, I would tell them like, listen, I'm going to tell you what they're telling me. If that doesn't yeah. sound right to you, if it's, if it's not accurate, you're the person that needs to bring that up. And if you have a right. better way of doing something, if you have a smarter way, a more efficient way, and it's not sacrificing any safety, you need to bring it up. You know, that's where oh, yeah. you, you come tell in. Me, Cause I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. And I had, I had right. no shame. I may be a chief or whatever, but exactly. I'm not a subject matter expert. I had know? no shame in telling our people that I didn't know something. Some people, some yep. higher ups do, you know, they have that. Yep. I'm an E6. You, you ask me for everything. I'm like, I'm more realistic. I don't know your gear the way you know your gear. So if you, right. if I'm telling you to do something and you know it's wrong, say something. And yeah, I'll take it. Man. Yeah, just, just say it, it. I'll take it up to the higher-ups and I'll pass that information on and we can make uh, efficient sufficient changes in order for it to work properly. And right. and I think not everybody does that, but I but you I know you did it. I know I did it. And um, let me ask you let me ask you this question. And this is more yeah. from my own my own personal professional growth. How do you mm -hmm. feel uh, what, what, first off, what did you, what was your, I, I told you my impression of you when you first got there. What was your impression <laughs> of me when you first got there? And then oh, let's man. not, let's not bring in the dits thing because that doesn't count. 
God, that was so bad. That was so bad. It's unbelievable. So this is that a division the in the spotlight. Day. Yeah. So we every, uh, on a ship, every division has to go through a. It's called division in the spotlight. What they do is they they assess every division on their paperwork, their ability to conduct maintenance, everything. Right. He shows right. senior shows up. His first day was our out brief of that. And we were horrible. Now, to my defense, so <laughs> in my so defense, <laughs> I had only been there for a month or two. So it wasn't right. well, really brand new taking over. There's plenty yeah. of time. Mm, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> so what was, what was yeah, other than a, that, you know, that, that little yeah. issue, you know, what, what was your um, impression of a, a of me and B of the division? Okay. So the division itself uh, I'm going to start with that because it's an easier question. <laughs> the division as a whole, um, I personally thought was completely effed up, man. Um, oh, you're right. Like real bad. Absolutely. Yeah. We didn't have we didn't have basic qualifications. You know, we didn't have basic training of things that general sailors should know. Let alone sailors who deal with weapon systems or deal with everything else. People just didn't even know their jobs, right? right? And again, right. I know part of it, we've just come out of the yards and, you know, all kinds of other stuff. But oh, for other things, man, there's no getting around that. Okay, that is just a lack. In fact, I found out later that uh, the five-inch guys used to make fun of me all the time because I used to say, well, that's a problem. Like, I guess over and over again, <laughs> I never realized it because every single thing was a problem, right? We had issues said that everywhere. So yeah, because they would be saying something and I'd be like, hold on a second. What do you mean you're not qualified? You're like, oh yeah, we never got qualified. I was like, man, that's a problem. Yeah. So it turned into, you know, like, that, that, was guess, your, that was like a, a catchphrase. A little catchphrase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chief Blanco, um, that's yeah, a problem. Yeah, I found out later. <laughs> that's yeah, a problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Honestly, I thought we were pretty messed up, man, right from the beginning. Yeah. Um, and I remember you and I sitting down. We were talking in Caesar One soon after I got there. It wasn't, you know, like my first day or anything. I was right. just getting situated. But it was, you know, within the first two weeks. And you and I had a discussion. And you said, I'm planning on getting out. Like, it's not going to happen next week or anything. But, you know, it is my intention to go spend time with my family. And I went, oh, okay. And for me... And I'm not trying to, I'm, I'm not sure how to say this without sounding like a complete jerk. Um, my thought process was, all right, well, you don't have to worry about it. Like, I, I semi-wrote you off. And I decided to try and have you be a good intermediary between the junior sailors and myself. But I also knew that you weren't, like, putting your whole heart into this job, right? So I really appreciated you telling me right off the bat. You know, this isn't something I want to do for the next 20 years, right? You told me, hey, I've been in for X amount of time. I plan on getting out. I have a kid. I got a wife. I want to spend time with my family. So part of me really appreciated you just coming right out and saying it and, you know, not holding any punches, not doing anything. It's like, look, this is my goal. Then it also kind of frustrated me because the other first class we had was not worth their weight at all right you talking so about the female it, yeah okay so it put a lot of pressure on me as the chief who was taking over what i considered a failing division to kind of single-handedly fix it right because i know you were going to do your job i know that you were going to come in and do the stuff you need to do but you weren't going to do anything like real extra 
to your thing now. And that's fine. Yeah. He's yeah. going right? to no do just enough not to get fired. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, and that, again, part of me really respects that. Part of me was really irritated, man, because there were, there were times that I just needed help, but I wasn't even going to come talk to you about it. Not because you wouldn't have. I feel like you would have done yeah. anything that I had asked, but I didn't want to even bring that upon you is what it boils down to. So I just did it. Like it was, it was more difficult, but it was easier to just do it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get you. Um, yeah. So I respected you as a father very much, right? Right off the bat, um, which is for me, that's huge. Um, to me, that is more important than respecting you as a sailor. So I never like lost respect for you as a human being, or I, I never disliked you as a human being. You know, there were times you and I would get into conversations and stuff, but you were always respectful. I mean, basically, no matter what, no matter how heated things got between me and you or you and another sailor or anything. Um, and that's very important for me. Like you said right in the beginning, man, you don't know someone until you've seen them through their full spectrum of emotion. Right. Right. If you only see somebody when they're always happy and life is right. Well, you don't know how that person deals with stresses. You don't know how that person deals with anger. And that was something that I always appreciated about you. But like first impression right off the bat, it was one of those like, okay, he's getting out. And I kind of wrote you off. Right. Um, you know, semi-emotionally, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Without yeah. sounding like too much so of a jerk. <laughs> you never seen him like lose his temper or nothing like that? Um, I mean, I've seen him get angry, but... That's not very really no. It's, not it's, like it's underwhelming, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of anticlimactic. <laughs> very. Wait, well, here's here's the thing. You know, once once the decision was was engraved in my head that I was getting out, it to me it didn't make any sense to let anything Navy affect me on a personal right. level. Right now. Yeah. Again, like, and I was saying that's, this earlier. That's a, that's a bad spot. To, not, not bad. Like, it's it's one of those, it's a catch-22 type thing because it's a great spot to be in for your mental health and your, you know, and your family's health. Yeah. But it's a bad place for, like, like your senior who, like, he's like, look, I know you would have helped me. Yeah. But it would have been reluctant. And it's like. Yeah. I, I Honestly, I feel bad hearing that <laughs> because cause honestly, I, I would, like. Again, senior, you know, person we're on the phone. You just with. didn't want to have to see a look on your face of, I'll do it, but I hate you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> like, listen, I'm going to do it. I'm going to I do really it. wish you wouldn't have asked. <laughs> right. But now I hate you. Yeah. Next time, just don't ask. Just, just no, no. Um, again, senior was one of those uh, people that you come across that uh, he has proven himself to be one of the ones that you'll actually work for. And uh, if and I'll, I'll explain that there are people that tell you what to do and you do it just because they told you. Then there are people that will say this needs to get done and you will do what you need to do to get that done and make sure that it's done right. And then it looks that helps them and it, and it, and it, it covers it, them. It covers them. And then there's covers, no yeah. problems coming back down the pike. Right. Right. Senior was one of those guys. You know, if if. And, and again, like I said, it kind of makes me feel, but not feel bad, but you know, it, it's kind of like a, I wish, you know, it, it wasn't like that. But if he, if he told me to do something, I wouldn't look at it like, oh crap, nah, I gotta, you know, but it, it was more like, all right, cool. I'll do it. Man, I know, but I know that feeling though, man, like that you had, uh, yeah. that that's the feeling I had in Iraq. I just, I don't know what had happened. It, it had to be probably after my accident or something, but. 
I just remember like sitting there staring at the wall or the floor and it was hot. And I was like, man, I am never coming back here again. <laughs> I don't care what they think. They fin- I don't care what. No, I'm going to get out. I said, I don't care what no one says. They yeah. trying to offer me re-up money and all this other stuff. I am getting out. Yeah, that definitely comes. I'm I'm checked out. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, it normally comes with the newer people because they get that first, you know, dose of the Navy. And, you know, the especially the going out, coming back, going out, coming back. Well, you can always tell who's who's really thinking about leaving because there's people talk about getting out all the time. But the yeah. ones that really are serious about it, they start distancing themselves from people. They stop yeah. having. The, they stop going into the groups for the conversations. They stop talking about the sports, the girls, the whatever. Right. You know each each other. Whatever you guys talk about in the Navy. Uh, <laughs> I think that was a uh, shot. We uh, don't talk about what we talk about. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know what happens in the Navy stays in the Navy. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> okay. No, you know what? You know. Uh, uh, let me let me share a quick story real quick about right. senior here. Uh, there was a time. There's another story, actually. Uh, there was a time where I was, um, my wife and I were going through some medical issues. And uh, um, I we were about to leave. We were about to get underway. And this stuff was going on in my home. And I called, I called him the night before while we were at the emergency room. And he said, look, call these people, call these people that they're, they're, they're put in place to help. So I did. And none of them offered any suggestions. Not saying there's anything bad with them. It's just for that moment, nothing came across. So I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm stuck in this position because when the ship gets underway, you're getting underway with them unless you have these, you know, these high reasons not to go. So I show up the next morning, just out of my mind, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm lost. You know, I don't know what's going to happen while I'm gone. I, you know, you know, my wife was pregnant, but that was 50, 50, one of those type of deals. And we go to quarters and I can't even read the list of what's going on that day. So I hand it to my other, uh, I don't know if he was a first class at the time, but if not, he was an yeah, I don't remember. So I hand it to yeah. him. I said, Hey, look, you know, I need you to read this for me. So he reads and everything. And then, you know, the, the, the khakis come up the E seven and above come up there and they do everything. And I, I kind of, I'm just, I'm there, but I'm not there. You know what I mean? So I'm just all messed up. So when that's, when that's all said and done, I go down to one of our shops and I just find a, a corner and I just sit down and I'm just like out of it. Not 10 minutes, 15 minutes later, a uh, senior comes down there and he tells me, Hey, go get your stuff and go home. And mind you, we're less than an hour away from leaving. You know, we're, we're less than an hour away from going out into the ocean and doing stuff. And I have every intention on leaving with them, but he comes out and says, Hey, go get your stuff and go home. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, you're not going with us. Go get your stuff and go home. Now, my first, I don't know if you remember this, but my first question was, does the captain know about this? Because <laughs> I'm like, he didn't preface yeah. that with, hey, I went and talked to this guy. I went and talked to this person. They all agree. You can go. He just said, go home. So I'm like, I'm all for that, but I don't want right. to. Which, which also, not to interrupt your story too much, I would do all the time for the guys, just like in the middle of the day. And yeah. be like, hey, man, just, just get your crap in place. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. He was one of the types that cared. You know, he, he could be a hard ass or whatever, but. That's what, a good, that's what a good leader does. They have to know their guys uh, or gals or whatever. They have to know their team. Uh, put it like that. They have another team, their teammates or whatever, and they have to know how, you know, breaking points, they have to know when, hey, just that, that helps morale too, man. You yeah. Know? When, yeah. When you get, a, when you get a, a unexpected break for, for no reason, it helps you, you know, kind of 
work harder right, on other times yeah. when times aren't as, as great. You know, say, hey, man, I know things ain't as good as I as they are. If they were, I would do more for you. But right now, this is what we got. And, uh, hey, I got your back. Let's do yeah. it, you know. And he proved yeah, it. He no, proved, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. Hey, well, look, I can. We can do this every day, man. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm telling tell tell you something. I'll tell you something. Another one, real quick. It'd be, it'd be even shorter. Like that did. That wasn't just for him because it, it may sound like to some people. Oh, he was just trying to win favor with you, so you can, so he can. Not even close. Right. But he proved this again when we were about to go on deployment. I asked my officers if I could stay back for my wife being, you know, pregnancy and right. giving birth. And it went as far as the, I think, department head and the department said no. Yeah. Right. And immediately yeah. got shot back down. Now, the department head is not the final right. approval of that, right? Right. I didn't know how far. So they're, like, they're like third step down, for those of you who don't know. It's like the captain, executive officer, department head. Right. Exactly. So, I didn't know how far up it went. It just went to him. So, I, I, you're like, okay, well, crap, I'm screwed. So, a couple of weeks later, I was talking to Senior about it. I said, do you know how high up that went? He said, I, I, I know the incident knew, and, it can't, and you, you eventually told me that you can't do it. I said, what you need to do is put it on paper, make sure the captain knows everything, the situation. We don't have any family out there, not a whole lot of friends. Uh, she, does, she can't drive, whatever the situation was. And I did all that, and he took it himself and took it up to chain of command. And within, I think, three days, he calls me up and said, hey, pretty quick, man. yeah, he said, he said, hey, captain says you can stay back. You don't have to be with us until a month later after we leave. That's dope. I'm telling you, this does not happen. Right. <laughs> like this stuff does not happen. Right. When I came back, everyone was like, hey, man, I heard you you're going to stay back because uh, your, your wife gave birth. I was like, yeah. I said, that's not normal. <laughs> that never happens. That's what happened. Yeah. I had something like that with me coming back from Iraq the first time. So yeah, I, I got you on that. When you have a good chief, somebody that'll take your work, your paperwork and walk it, walk it through the steps for you. Or if they don't know the answer, they, they go and find it and actually come back and try to help you get the answer. You know, right, right, right. Like that's, that's all the difference right there, man. Yeah. And, and especially yeah. with him knowing that I'm not going to be a chief one day and that I'm, I'm not staying in and I'm not going to be the full term sailor. Yeah, you had, you had less than a year at that point, right? Oh yeah. I had, uh, this was like I mean, early like, 2017 and I was getting out not nine months later. So yeah. he, he didn't have to, my point is he didn't have to do that. Oh, this was fairly recent. Yeah. This is when, uh, my daughter was born. Wow. Oh wait, was it 17 or 16? 16. It was 16. 16. Yeah. Right. I wasn't going to correct you. That's <laughs> no, please do. Cause <laughs> I can go on forever. Yeah. He always grammar checks me on stuff. No. So I was, I was definitely, uh, about a year and some change out. So yeah. like he didn't have to do that is my point. And people that, that doesn't happen for the, the top echelon of people. You know what I mean? A pregnancy does not prevent you from getting underway or going on deployment. But it did for me, and it's all because of uh, Senior Chief's intervention on that one. So I'll always now, be, I'll always be forever appreciative of that, in case I haven't told you that. Well, I'm, I'm glad you are appreciative. But the point is, you were able to be home with your wife and the kids, yeah. right? That's, that's the reason. Okay, that's the whole thing. Um, and I don't, God, as much as I would love to, you know, completely take credit for everything, and you know, it's just like <laughs> I'm coming off as like this guy coming down right well, now. Well, I mean, I'm pretty um, awesome. You know, it's the whole <laughs> it's the whole it's the whole command, right, that came together, listened to you know, we put aside we were talking earlier, right? You put aside your emotional thought process and you bring in a rational thought process and then now re bring back your emotional process after 
says, right off the bat, you go, nope, he's in the Navy, he's getting underway. Yeah. And you go, well, okay, yes, but what about <laughs> this and this and this? Exactly. Right? And then you bring up these other things. You say, well, you know, we can cover, as a division, we can cover this. And, and I wrote a check to the division never even bought it. I still think, you know, <laughs> you're welcome, guys. But I was like, no, look, we can do this, we can do this, we can do this. I've already got somebody in place to cover this. We got this covered, we got this covered. And, you know, you can't argue fact, right? I mean, there may be alternative facts out there, but you can't argue fact, okay? <laughs> and then, now once you say, look, everything is covered, now what's stopping him from leaving? And there are some captains who would have just said, hands down, no, no matter what, right. it can happen, doesn't even matter, right? So while part of it was me and the division officer um, eventually talking to the department head and talking to the captain, um, it, it was everybody, you know? So I don't want to just make it seem like I kicked down the CEO's door and was like, <laughs> he's staying. Like, you know, it didn't happen that way. Well, that's how, um, I, that's how I thought it went down. I thought you yeah. went in there and strangled well, him and be like, so is he staying or what? <laughs> yeah, 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 he's staying. Right. Say you stay back one more time. Um, <laughs> no, so you know, God, uh, it wouldn't have happened had myself and you know the divo and everybody not stepped up and done it. Um, but that's what good leadership is about. And I want to, you know, again, I feel like we're just sitting around telling old sea stories right now. I do want to bring it back to the topic that we were talking about before about people making rules and. Um, you know, Colin Kaepernick and the NFL and things like that in that that's kind of why I am completely good with him taking the knee and with anybody else taking the knee and doing all their other stuff. Because right now that support that you had in that situation, right? It's not there. It's not happening. Right. Right. So if it's not happening, it needs to be brought up that it's not happening. There are times over and over and over again, Will, you can back me on this. I know you've seen it, that if you don't know there's a problem, then there's no problem, right? It doesn't yeah. exist. Yeah. So if I don't know that one of my sailors is having an issue, well, I can't fix it. Like, I don't know it's an issue, yeah. right? And it's the same thing. If we don't know how bad things really are, then how can that ever get fixed? How can it ever get the support that it requires? Exactly. You know? Yeah, I've so seen I, that. I, I, uh, Oh, no, I was just going to say, I read something, I mean, just like yesterday, that I thought was awesome. Um, and it's something that I don't think people really understand, or if they do understand it, they're ignoring it. Um, um, you know, everybody knows the, the, the trigger word or the key words now, right? White privilege. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the issues is people don't really get what white privilege is because either they don't understand it or they're too busy being defensive just because it is like a racial type thing and they're like oh no no i don't you know i just happen to be white and also this other thing and you know i mean look a lot of that is true but i just read this little mini article and i had a discussion with my friend about it um you know white privilege isn't just getting things handed to you right i don't walk down the street i know you guys ever see that eddie murphy sketch from snl yeah from like yeah, 75 yeah. you know he dressed up as a white dude and people are just <laughs> handing him shit right yeah, yeah. um free coffee you know that's not yeah exactly hey come on in yeah. um just take you know it. that's just not take it. just take it no just take it yeah no no, no just take it um <laughs> you know white privilege isn't just being like handed things but it's having your life not be hindered by certain things, right? So it doesn't necessarily mean your life is easier. It just means that 
it's not going to be as difficult, right? right. Because it's true, man. You know, I'm not just going to automatically get into Harvard because I'm white, but there are things leading up to that point that may have made my life easier because of it. Right. right? And I think that's that, kind of what it boils down to. Right. That is people are so, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I was just saying that, that, that have happened even way before you were even born. And yes. it's, it's, like right. you said, it's led up to that, not just in your lifetime, but in, uh, our parents, the grandparents, great, great grandparents, so on and so forth. Yeah. Forever back then. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, it kind of boils down to that is that people aren't getting the support from their leaders that they need. And they're trying to bring up the fact that there's some big problem here. Um, and there is a huge problem. Okay, I don't think anybody can deny that. If you try to deny it, then you are a part of the problem. I mean, hands down, right? There is no way to say that there is not an imbalance, not only in this country, but you spread throughout, right? And there are many imbalances. Let's get it real. Okay, there's the you know gender imbalances, there are racial imbalances, there are religious imbalances. If someone who's a respectable person comes out and says, hey, you know what? By the way, guys, I forgot to mention it before. I'm a Satanist. And you go, oh, okay, well, and you basically write that dude off as a nut job, right? Yeah. So there are there are tons of imbalances all over the place. In this case, in that situation, again, I, I agree with bringing to light a lot of the imbalance. Um, the, the problem is you get the, the extremists on both sides. Absolutely. Where some people say, nope, there is no problem. Just suck it up. You know, that happened hundreds of years ago, blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, well, first of all, dude, it didn't happen hundreds of years ago. Okay, it happened like last week. And it will continue to happen. Right. And then you get people on the other side of the extreme other side, right? And these are the minorities. But the problem is the minorities are the loudest. I don't mean like I, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> the minorities no, like, in each as, social situation, right, as not you like were, minorities, like not white people. As you were saying it, I was like, oh, he's going <laughs> yeah. to get tongue-tied. Oh, man, as, soon as, as I, soon as I said it. <laughs> you, you, you were talking checkers and chess at the same time. I was like, I know what he's doing. Yeah. It just looks bad. Oh, man. Yeah, that's right. If you were to just, like, sound clip that right there, well, I'd be fired. That's going to be the tag uh, right there. <laughs> These yeah. minorities are complaining. <laughs> no, this is how we get people. Okay, let me, this let is me how, say uh, look, this is how we get the people extremists to, on both sides. Go yeah, ahead. Right. Go ahead. Um, you know, and then you get the extremist on the other side that is saying, well, everything is a racial issue and everything is this and this and this. And that causes people on both sides to become defensive. Right. And that's the thing is both sides are just causing the other side to become extremely defensive and try and fight back when fighting back necessarily isn't like the most accurate choice. A lot of times you just got to sit and listen and understand right. and then make a change. Right. right. And that's kind of the problem is no one's not no one, but it's not happening as much as it should. Yeah. Right. So it's, it goes back to, you know, like what you were talking about. Look, we listened to the issues. We broke it down and said, yep, this is an issue. And we made a change. And then you stay home for whatever, 30 days or 40 days or something like that. Um, and that's the thing is you have to pick and shoot your battles and then sort out the way to actually solve them. Right. Everybody's talking about gun control and, you know, we need to do this and this and this and this. But the big problem for me with things like that are people aren't coming up with viable solutions for things. Right. People are just saying we need gun control. Well, what does that mean? Right. Tell me what you're talking about. They just, I agree. They're bringing the problem, but not the answer, right? Yes. That was right. big with us. Like, don't come to me with a problem. Come with me with a problem with the solution. Otherwise, you're, right. you know, you're just putting everything on my shoulders. And now everything that I was focused on, now I'm going to have to be, I'm going to add that to the list. 
You know, like if if you see something wrong, think about it, come up with what you think we should do, then bring it up to me. You know, like that, that's, that's the best way to bring it up. Right. Bring it up for sure. Tell me that you think something's wrong. Right. Okay. Because I may be able to come up with a solution. You might be able to come up with a solution. Chief might be able to say something. Who knows? Right. We all think differently. We got different thought process. So even if you don't have like a hundred percent viable solution for something, bring it up as an issue. But then don't now continue to bring it up over and over and over and right, over right, and over right, right. without something like a, a fragment of an idea that other people can build on and try to make it something real solid. What yeah. I don't like is when people try to come up with a solution, but it's real broad. You know, like yeah. especially with this gun well, thing. The gun control thing. Especially with the gun, gun control, control thing. I said, well, what, what do you get think? rid of all the guns. What do you think we should do? Well, we need yeah. stricter gun laws. Well, what we already they, have strict gun laws. Me, exactly what right, you Tell me what the gun for. laws are now and what you would change. <laughs> they yeah, can't. Uh, which ones need to be stricter? <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, what state are you from? Well, the, well, what are your state laws on guns in your state? Well, uh, it's, uh, you know, anybody can buy a gun at a, at a gun show. Like, that's actually not true. You have to go through right, a that's not even background check. Well, I mean, but but still, I'm like, well, let me ask you this. Not 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 you saying it, but like, you know, yeah. right, let me ask you, like, what, you know, if if I'm a criminal and I buy a gun illegally, what does that have anything to do with gun laws? Exactly. You know, right. like the criminals are the ones that are killing that are killing these doing these mass shootings and things like that. They're not legally buying their weapons. So why but is not always? No, not always. That's not the case, man. And you know that's the problem. Is I know I'm not actually re- you're you're talking as a hypothetical person right now. Right, right, right. I understand right. that. I'm rebutting that hypothetical person because it's something <laughs> I'm passionate about. But um, you know that's the issue. Is right. People go well. There's already millions of unregistered guns out there, and the criminals are just going to have them. And all you're doing is taking away the protection of the law-abiding citizen. Uh, yes. Okay. Like I hear what you're saying. When was the last time I owned three guns? When was the last time I ever just really, really felt like I needed to walk down the street with my gun? Very rarely. Now, again, is that white privilege? Maybe. I don't know. Is it the area that I live in? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, those are all real things. But what I'm saying, you know, if you made me go through a stricter background check before I bought another weapon, I'd be totally fine with that. If I have to wait two weeks to get my gun, I should be totally fine with that. There is no reason why I shouldn't be okay with waiting to get a a piece of equipment right. that is specifically designed to take life. That's what guns do. Right. Right. They're designed the whole reason they exist is to kill stuff. Right. Now we use them for other purposes, right? We use them for recreation. Right. We Target use them for, you know, just doing whatever. Yeah. But they're made to kill stuff. Right. That's yeah. what they do. Right. They just sit around waiting to kill things all day long. Okay. And then people put them in that opportunity where they're able to kill stuff. Why shouldn't I be comfortable enough waiting an extra two weeks right. or an extra month to get that type of destructive device? Right. Yeah, I look, I look at that like, uh, you know, different situations cause for different desires and needs. Like, for instance, let's say, you know, times get rough and I move into a rough neighborhood where there are a lot of break-ins and a lot of uh, violent crimes and things like that. You know, black or white, whatever, Latino, it do- doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, whenever, if I move into an oh, area where they're... Well, I'm just, I mean, I'm, I'm full just, inclusive. I'm, I know, that's right. yeah, <laughs> wait, 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 what, what, what uh, ethnicity are you, uh, uh, senior? Um, that's a, a real good question. So, you know, we're talking about race and ethnicity and, you know, I brought up the white privilege thing. Um, I'm what a lot of people would call like a, a great European mutt. 
Okay, I'm just like a generic white dude. So I am a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah pretty much. So I'm, uh, my father is first generation American. Okay, his parents came from Spain. Yep. So I'm half Spanish, just straight up Spanish. Okay. Um, and then you know I'm I'm a mix of Italian and German and English and Welsh and you know who knows what really just a bunch of other stuff. Okay. You're like the um, all white man. <laughs> yeah, pretty you're much. Not, you're not just I'm, a regular. Hey, white. I'm the. Yeah, I'm everybody. Good. Right. If you if you got some type of oppressive force in the world, it was me. <laughs> okay, we got Spain who conquered like a huge part of the world. Italy right. with Mussolini. We got Germany. Right. We got England. I'm right. hey. If you want someone to have oppressed someone in the past, I'm your I'm your man. Okay? I'm around. You can blame you, right? You can yeah, you, can, you, you can blame me in some fashion. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm a generic, you know, just like I said, like white dude is what it boils down to. Uh, going back to the to the waiting list thing, um, I would think, yeah. and just, this is just playing the devil's advocate on this one for 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 argument's sake of not wanting to wait longer. If I was in a position where I needed some form of protection, other outside like of a baseball bat or a lock on the door, you know, um, time is kind of of the essence, you know, and I think it's like a thirty day waiting period right now. Uh, is it 30 um, or 60 or 90 or something for, for, what? for handguns? Yeah. For just buying a it gun. It just depends on what you, like can buy, you can buy a long rifle, and, and, uh, like a rifle or a shotgun. I think same day. Yeah. I'm not positive. I haven't bought a gun in a long time, man. Well, we're, we're pretty sure it's yeah. the same day. He's in Washington. Oh, he's I'm in Washington. Washington. Okay. Yeah. In Texas, you can go and buy a gun right now. But yeah. you still have to really? go through the check. Well, yeah. They what they do is they'll call the the ATF or whatever. FBI. It's an FBI check. Right. Yeah. Well, they call them and then um. They check their records. They check, right. And then if there's nothing pinging on your thing, you can get your gun right now. Right. Well, that's state by state, yeah. though. But well, in the, in I'm the about in Texas, like right now, if me and you went to the pawn shop, we can come no, out. I of get that. it. I'm just saying there are some states where there's a, like, right. a some places have, waiting a, have a waiting yeah. period. Some places those are, have. Those, two, there's, those, turn, those turn out to be more of the liberal, the blue states. You know what I mean? Um, uh, yeah. Or, yeah. Liberal, conservative, democratic states. Right. So, but if I was in that position and time was of the essence, like I'm in this place and my neighbor just got broken into and beat up in the middle of the night, you know, I don't want to wait an extra two weeks in order to protect myself. You right. know what I mean? Cause they, yeah. I can get killed tonight, tomorrow, you know, tomorrow when I get home, just right. walking to my doorstep. Now that's yeah. specifically for those situations, but I, I, I understand in the general sense, when you live in a, you know, pretty what 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 could be considered a safe neighborhood waiting an extra two weeks is not a big deal now right. again but on the other end of that spectrum it's what if time is of the essence and mm. you do not feel safe going to your own home without right. having some form of protection to meet or exceed the the perpetrator or the person trying to commit a crime on you a violent yeah. crime so I, I i understand both sides of the argument and uh i, I just i don't like the overall just put the umbrella over it and just say nobody should have an uh, an AR-15 or nobody should have an assault rifle. Nobody should have a rifle or nobody should have a, you know, I mean, you know, first off, that's a subjective opinion. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter what kind of we're going to have. I have a, in terms of America, in terms of the, the legal standing of America, everybody has a legal, a fundamental right to own a firearm, which is stated in the Constitution. Now, uh, senior, yes. Right. So, now, Senior Chief doesn't 
go off of the constitution. I, I do for legal purposes. Yeah, for le- legally he does. <laughs> like he won't go against it because that he knows that'll land him in kind of like, like hot water. Kind of like um yeah. Kind of like Will's last year in the in the navy. Like I'm I'm <laughs> I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do but it. I'm not gonna go full force. But don't yeah. look in my eyes while I'm doing it, because if, right. if you're looking for some kind of a soulful connection <laughs> that we can work yeah. through over the next couple of years, I ain't got it. Yeah. Yeah. I need you to just turn this. around real quick for like five minutes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just write me a letter. I'll, I'll circle yes or no, and then uh, we, yeah. we can move forward from that. No. Yeah. yeah it's just there, there's a lot of. Um, there's a lot of conversations going on right now in terms of like, you know, like the Black Lives Matter movement, um, mm-hmm. gun rights, uh, racism and, and Antifa, white privilege and anti- anti-fascist and all the things like that. There's, there's everything so that's much going on. Yeah. So much mm-hmm. static going on in yeah. this country right now. It's it is, is hard static. to it's hard to, to not go a day without hearing something about it. And I've never fortunately, I've never been confronted face to face with it. I never, nobody's ever called me a, a, a misogynist, you know, a racist right. or whatever, but it's coming. You know, <laughs> like you either oh, have yeah. to, you either have to agree or you're a racist. Well, I, I get, I, you know, I get right. that type of stuff all the time. That's because, those extremist things, you know, yeah, we're talking about. Right. Right. I get, um, you know, I get a lot of, I've gotten a lot of messages, a lot of, you know, comments on Facebook, social media stuff over a lot of the Christian views I hold, you know, um, Especially, I've I've been a couple of times. I've had family members like try to disown me because of how I felt on gay relationships or whatnot. Like, what is your what is your thought process? Well, my, if my, you don't mind me asking. Yeah, my my mine is off of what um, uh, the Bible teaches, which is God loves everybody, whether you are mm-hmm. whatever sin you have, you you have some some kind of sin. No sin's greater than another one. But um, if you're if you're again living in that lifestyle, you're living in sin. Now, does that mean you're not going to go to heaven? I don't necessarily believe that, but it's what you're doing is definitely going to affect your relationship with God and like what you can receive and what you know, like like any good father. Like for instance, if if I had a sin, I'm not going to say one because every time I do, people are like so you're trying to say like if I say. I was a murderer. Someone's like, oh, you're trying, you're trying to say being gay is the same as being a murderer? No, I'm just saying a different type of sin. So, um, But you did just say no sin is greater than another. Right. But a lot of people don't say that. So what I'm saying is if, 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 if I have a sin that I'm living in and it's openly defying what God is teaching me, right, um, then there's certain things that God's not going to be able to, to I'm, I'm not going to be able to receive. There's certain blessings I'm not going to receive. Just like if I have a son who constantly steals every time I take him to the store, well, we can go to the store, but now you have to wait in the car. <laughs> you right. know what I'm saying? Like you're going to be able to receive what I bring out and you'll be able to do whatever, but you can't go in with me certain places. You can't do certain things. Just, you know, stuff like that. You know, um, I believe God loves gay people. Like I'm not, you know, damning in all of them, you know, or none of them, like anybody. Yeah. Like I've, I've done pretty much every sin in the Bible, but touch another dude or touch a kid. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, so I can't judge nobody on that, but, uh, that's just, that's, that's where I stand with it. And I've, I've told people, Hey, I'm a Christian. I believe being gay is a sin. I don't support it. I don't, I'm not going to come on your page and damn you for it. I'm not going to try to call you out. I'm not going to try to make you look stupid, nothing like that. But if you invite me to your to your what, your gay marriage, I'm not going. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not going to go. And it's not that I hate you or anything. I still love you. I got there's there's people that are openly gay that go to my so, church. 
you know, that, yeah. are, that are having a hard time dealing with it and, and trying to come out of that lifestyle and the, and the stuff that comes along with it, you know, but, um, you know, this is what it is. You know, I, I get all types of Facebook, you know, inboxes and messages and stuff. And old Mick said he ain't really stepped out there in the public like that yet. As far as yeah. like his, his controversial beliefs, if he has any or anything like that. Yeah, I don't, he I don't, does. I don't. Everybody does. Yeah, everybody. I, I believe I'm not. Everybody's, that's not my, everybody's offensive to somebody. That's not my escape. That's not me trying to like push the, push the, you know, attention off me. It's just, you know, I feel like in terms of like gay, uh, homosexual uh, community, I have nothing against them at all. Right. I, I don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? And in, in being in the yeah. Navy has definitely exposed me to the fact that, uh, you know, if, if for nothing else, that gay people are just as valuable as non or straight people or bisexual people, you know, I don't, I don't care. Ultimately, you know, it's not my place to say, well, you're, he's gay. So he's not good enough for this. I mean, I don't, they don't, they, I mean, (laughs) I don't don't want to say like (laughs) those those people, those people. No, I mean like the homosexual community, the gay community, if you're gay, you're gay. I don't care. You know? And like, especially when we're in the military, if I had a gay sailor, I don't, I don't think I ever did, but you know, if, even if I did know, I don't care, you know, show up, do your job, you know, perform well, stay out of trouble. That's all I require. You know what I mean? I don't care if you want to date a guy, you want to date a woman, if you want to date a, you know, if you want to date an animal, that's where I said, you know, (laughs) Uh, we might have to have a talk. Look here, look here. Well, the problem is animal can't consent. That's the issue. Right, right. Animal, animal can't say unless yes that no. animal can talk. What if you teach him to? <laughs> like like no. that like that like that Congo monkey. <laughs> oh yeah, you can teach, teach an animal to sign language. Yeah. Well, even that 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 would then you be held. You know, well, you're still still. You know, okay, let's even even if we take away the the ability to speak. Are we talking they about don't have the cognitive <laughs> capacity to give consent? Exactly. It's the same thing with with kids and stuff. You know, look, kids can talk, right? That's yeah. why. It's illegal because they don't have the cognitive capacity right, right. to be able to say, yes, this is a good decision. No, this is a bad decision. Right? They're like, not able to. Just like with, uh, with people who are under the influence of some type of drug or alcohol. Yeah, exactly. Or spike pudding right. pops. <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. Yes. Yeah, exactly. but, but overall, um, I don't have any animosity. I believe, I do believe in God and I do believe in heaven and hell. I do believe uh, that it is ultimately God's decision on what will happen to us in the afterlife. And it is not my place at all in any capacity to, to down somebody for their personal living choices. Uh, I can say what I feel and it is not to be, uh, you know, it's not an attack. If, if somebody asks me, I will explain how I feel about it. It doesn't have any bearing on how I feel towards an individual. It's what they do that I will have a, a conversation about. I will still, right. I still support like, look, if you're gay, I don't, you know, be, be gay, you know, do gay stuff. I don't, I don't, I don't know what gay <laughs> stuff is, but I mean, you know, like I'm straight, I'm going to do straight stuff, you know? So yeah. it doesn't matter. I don't care what about the people. I think that's the big thing, man, is there for now. I'm just, I'm going to interrupt you for just a moment. I know that's exceptionally rude. I'm sorry, but I want to make sure that we kind of, I want to hit this point right here. There is no difference between gay stuff and straight stuff. It's just human stuff. I was just about to ask. I was just about to ask. Unless we're talking like specific sexual acts. And even if we are talking specific sexual acts. It's still taking straight stuff too. So it doesn't matter. Right. Right. That's my personal opinion. It's not that I don't care. But 
I mean, I don't care, but that's just because I don't necessarily want to know what everybody does in their own personal life. Maybe I'm a narcissist, maybe I'm a sociopath, whatever, but it doesn't affect me, right? So I don't really care that much. But, but that's the problem is we are, just like the racial thing, right? We are distinguishing between gay, straight, bisexual, pansexual, whatever your case is. Yeah. And that's where the issue comes in. It's the same thing with racial stuff, man. There's no difference between black stuff and white stuff, right? You don't say, oh, man, I'm going to go do some white shit today. Okay? <laughs> you must, no, you I'm must, just going to go. You must not watch stand-up com- com- uh, comedians. Well, I do. That's kind of the problem. White people drive okay. like this. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. Yeah, exactly. And, and well, black. excuse me, Jefferson. I believe I'm going to go to the store today, right? So right, right, that's exactly. what I'm saying, though, is now there are cultural differences okay yeah, you know the right, things right, that right, right. i do in my day are going to be different than what you do because we live in different parts of the country what we do is going to be different than what someone in france does because they're in a different part of the world right but there should be no distinguishable difference between what an african-american man and a mexican man and a french person and you know generic white guy number six like myself there should be no like distinction between what we are doing just because of something that we like lay claim to, right? I agree. You have no control so, over what color you are when you're born. That's, yeah. that's that's my thing. Like if if right. if when you're born you have a cognitive rem- memory of God like putting you, okay, choose a line. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Do you want to be Mexican or you want to be? Yeah. Uh, now you know that's not true because my line would be full. <laughs> <laughs> no, give me that white line. It's well, full, man. I don't know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, well, wait. There's a limit. You gotta you gotta draw the raffle. Yeah, that's what I'm draft. saying. There has to oh, be. Man. A, it's a, cool, a man. I'll wait. <laughs> yeah, there's a big quota. Yeah, I'll wait. Hey, man, the Mexican line's wide open. Nah, I'll wait. <laughs> no, 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 I'm good. I'll wait. Wait, Mexico from where? Like, like Mexico uh, or my born America? Yeah. Uh, right. Are, are we talking like Mexico City or like North yeah. Dakota? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true, man. They're, they're, they're actually, you know, just by the... the it, like you said, it has to do with the culture and, and where you're yeah. where you're raised around and what all the all the stuff that goes with it. But the problem is nobody ever asks enough questions to get to that point to figure out where people are from or how they got yeah. there or why or whatever. Yeah, I agree. You know, and and a lot of this stuff, there there is a, a certain level of personal accountability. Some people have to have some things are personal um, mistakes or personal decisions that they've made that have put them in the position that they're in. But a lot of stuff, a lot of times, it's not. And until that conversation is had, uh, you know, we're going to keep going in loops, going in circles, you know, yeah. and, and I, I personally um, uh, appreciate uh, you uh, guys like you, um, not just guys, girls like you, too. Golly. Yeah, hey, it's a generic term. People people like you, leaders like you who, you know, take the time, you know, you've definitely had a, a, a good impact on my brother. Um you know, uh, he, I know he was losing it for a while there at the end. He was like, no, nah, I'm getting yeah. out, man. I was like, no, nah, man, you've been in for 13 years, man. Yeah. Just stick. See, cause I got, <laughs> I got in so lo- so many, I got people. in the army after he had been in the Navy for a while. And I got out uh-huh. way before he got out of the Navy. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like I got you in, put in out, a good chunk of time, man. I, I got yeah. in and out real quick and he had put in like, you know, yeah. over a decade, man. And to me, I was like, yep. that's crazy, you know, but, um, yeah, man. If it's not right, it's not right. So let's yeah. I think yeah. we got to get uh, your senior on here, you know, some more whenever we're doing Absolutely. some more, uh, you know, uh, calls. And, yeah, you know, we're, stuff pushing, like uh, we're pushing uh, an hour and a half. I know we told you an hour, but uh, sometimes, you yeah, know. I could do this all day, man. We, you know, and, and I was about to say that, like, we got we to gotta, uh, call you again or maybe get you on Skype or something and get you a video sure. uh, going on. Oh, man, no one. 
Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> I, got, I know, but I no, got but a see, face for radio. Well, here's the thing, man. That just makes us look better, you know. <laughs> we need a, we need all the help we, we need, can get. We need. I just said we need guys like more guys like you. I'm not yeah. talking about just the what oh, your, man. your kind acts. I'm talking about your, your yeah. rough looks. <laughs> yeah, no. I call it ruggedly handsome. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> like some somebody yeah. loves that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. I don't want to see it. I don't want to look at it. But hey, look, someone out there digs it, so yeah. I can't complain. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, Senior. We'll, we're going to bring you back on here at one point. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up right now because there's so much. There's yeah, so I, I know that there's so much that we can talk about, and there's so much that uh, so much commentary on, yeah, on we're social just things. The surface. We are, and like Absolutely. I think we were just breaking the ice on this one. So uh, we definitely want to get you back on here. Um, so we, in order for people who are listening, if they want to get in contact with you, you, you said that you had your your Facebook page. Uh, is it yep. is it just Christian Blanco that you're under? Uh, I'm on there as Christian Blanco, but if you do, <laughs> this is going to be good. If you do facebook.com slash, right. You know, Backslash, everybody yeah. does their, their little thing after, right. uh, my, <laughs> my name is scuba, the monkey. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for you. Scuba. That was a good monkey. note to end on. Yeah. That, scuba like, like a certain underwater way. breathing up airs. Gotcha. S C U B A. Okay. T H E. M-O-N-K-E-Y, Scuba the Monkey. All right. Oh, wait. What did you say about yep. the something? Self-contained under, underwater breathing. Self-contained self, underwater breathing apparatus. That's what is that what scuba for. stands for? Yeah. Yeah, scuba's an acronym. See, they didn't have SBAs in the uh, in the, uh, in the the Army. What's that? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's firefighting equipment. Oh, soldier yeah fcba is self-contained breathing apparatus yeah. they use for, so when you see firefighters and they're wearing their mask and they got the oxygen bottles right that's an fcba scuba oh. is what Underwater. i it's a recreational you know you go diving right yeah. wow and i see and i like monkeys so. <laughs> and i like monkeys and i like monkeys all right, yeah. senior. Appreciate Racist. you coming on here. Uh, My pleasure. Like, like I said, we we got to get you back on it because we have some pretty good conversation. Yeah, All right, let so me know whenever you guys want to. Appreciate it for everybody yes, listening. Up, chief. It was nice to meet you. You too, sir. Thank you very much. All My right, pleasure. appreciate everybody. Go ahead, uh, senior, go ahead, stay on. We'll talk to you right after we 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 conclude from this uh, from this recording. Everybody else, appreciate you for listening to us. If you listen to us so far, definitely appreciate you for taking the time. I know it's like an hour and a half right now, uh, around that time, which is all good because we got a lot of good stuff uh, on this podcast. If you want to reach out to us, you want to contact us, let us know how it was. If it was good, you can go on our Facebook page. You can also go on Twitter, Instagram, and on our YouTube and let us know. It's all under the name The Will Boys. If you want to email us, you can email us at willboyspodcast at gmail.com. If you like this episode and you want to download it or you want to download our previous episodes, you can go to iTunes or you can find us on Spreaker.com all under the Will Boys. I am old mixhead. It's your boy Chief. Talk to you next time. Hey.